Oh, Gwen, would you mind maybe just counting to ten so they can hear you? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, okay. That sounds good. Okay, one little hiccup, but it's better that they caught it now and that the, we didn't record the whole thing without your voice. Get that much of a waste of time, all right? Hello and welcome to the Curiosity Series, an Arts Council podcast commissioned as part of the Council's 70th anniversary celebrations. I'm your host, Maeve Higgins, a comedian, writer, podcaster and all-round curious person. In each episode, you'll hear artists involved in music, dance, poetry, literature, visual arts and theatre in conversation with me as they get curious about each other's work and explore the integral role that creativity has played in their lives and discuss the broader issues and themes that connect their art. In today's episode, we'll hear from composer Jane O'Leary and painter Gwen O'Dowd. Despite working in different art forms, both Jane and Gwen have found artistic inspiration in the power and beauty of the sea. And we talk about how that inspiration has taken shape in their work together. All right, here's our conversation. I'm going to say, right, imagine the people listening have never heard, you know, heard your music, have never seen your painting. Can you explain to us, you know, the style of art that you do. We might start with you, actually, Gwen, yeah. if, if you could describe what you do. Uh, probably not, because, <laughs> I mean, to describe um, two-dimensional painting, it's really difficult, you know, because yeah. you're not looking at it. Um, mm-hmm. And I just prefer other people to, to describe my work mm-hmm. because you get an insight into it when other people talk about it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what I do is paint on canvas with oil paint. Yeah. So that's kind of the starting point. I'm I'm kind of known for large scale. Um, how how large is large? Well, this will be interesting later on. But um, I do quite large. You know, I used to do my size, which is five foot wide and five foot high. <laughs> Are you but, five foot tall? No, and five, five foot, foot wide. <laughs> five foot wide. <laughs> five foot four. But anyway, now I've been, in recent times, I've actually been adding canvases together. Mm. So they stretch quite, you know, they, they're quite big, but also they're much more transportable because you can, you know, get them indoors and everything else. Because you can break them down and... Exactly, yeah. I mean, when you paint very large paintings, you know, you've got an architectural problem bringing them into buildings. Yeah. You know, so there's lots of other problems as well, you know. So, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> okay. It's hard, like you said, it's it's hard oh, to, to describe. It's, it's hard yeah. to describe, you know, your paintings. And I, I understand why you might say you would prefer other people to. Do you want, can we do it that you have a go at describing... Jane might have a go at describing Gwen's work. Is that okay? Oh, right. I can tell you how I came across Gwen's work. Okay. Um, I felt a great affinity with her work and I only knew her by name Mm -hmm. and I wasn't um, a friend or, or knew much about her. I still don't know much about her, but I know that I have walked through large exhibitions in the RHA, IMA, <clears throat> um, the National Gallery, and I have stopped in front of her work and I have been absolutely mesmerised by it mm-hmm. and I stand there. And it doesn't happen with many works of mm-hmm. art that I see on the wall. I'm very intrigued 
by how she draws you into it. Mm-hmm. There's a depth to it. And I can also sense the nature um, inspiration behind it, which is very close to the way I work. I, I chose to work with Gwen mm-hmm. when I was doing a series of concerts in Belfast with Hard Rain Soloist Ensemble. And I knew that the venue, which was SARC, Sonic Art Research Center in mm-hmm. Queens, had a magnificent screen oh. <laughs> on the stage. Yeah. And I mean, it's a brilliant space for all kinds of acoustical uh, experiments. Yeah. But visually, what attracted me was the idea of projecting images behind the mm. performance. So I, for on two occasions, I decided I'd like to work with Gwen on mm. choosing suitable art. And both were amazingly um, effective and beautiful. And I felt that we really communicated closely on our ideas. And so that's where you came across. You came literally in a, in a you were walking through Ima yes. one day and you literally saw... Painting, the actual painting is so full of life and it sparkles and it draws you in. And it, it just held me. Yeah, uh, in awe for quite a long time. Jane, you'll have to re- review my next exhibition. And so can I ask where you came across Jane's work first? Well, when she invited me, in fact. Yeah. I mean, I, I I wasn't really aware of, of much of your music before then. But um, what I really liked was the, um, the collaboration that we did up in Belfast, which surprised me as well when we're talking about scale, because, you know, when we were talking about scale earlier on, it's just that, so to see my images blown up to that enormous mm. film screen scale was very, very interesting. You know, it's not something that I would desire to paint a large canvas that size, mm. but this is a different, you know, um, combination of, of two artists' work. And this is the product, mm-hmm. the, the combination of seeing the image and the music and the orchestra there together. So that was the kind of the third art form that we've got involved in. If you know what I mean, the, the two, the two artistic, um, the music and the visual art came together and then created this combination, which, which I find really interesting, maybe for the future. Had you the music written for this, um, the Belfast, the um, Sark exhibit, and then you you shared the music, or in, how did it work? In one case, the piano piece, Palette of Preludes which, as you can see, had a sort of artistic title mm-hmm. because I was thinking about colour. And colour is important to me musically 
we can talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that case, I had the work written and there were five short pieces. So I selected five of Gwen's paintings and we we talked oh. we talked online about how that would work. But in the other case, um, it was a piece that I was commissioned to write for the concert. And this is the one that was just before the pandemic, actually. Um, and from the start, I began, I had the the image in mind that mm. there would be visuals. And we, we worked quite closely throughout. And I had a, a, a card of Gwen's painting in front of me on the piano the whole time. <laughs> and I... I thought deeply about the whole sea image that that she had captured in her work. Yeah. I think that image worked tremendously, that big, dark image. Can we talk about the sea, though, for both of you? Yeah. Um, okay. okay. So when I started working on the sea, I was yeah. trying to think about this this morning. Yeah. Was the first time ever, um, Greenpeace were having oh. a, an exhibition in Dublin in the Grapevine Centre. The Grapevine Centre was down on the river, and um, anyway, they, Greenpeace invited a whole lot of artists to work on a piece for, for an exhibition around the Irish Sea. Mm-hmm. And so they invited a number of Irish artists and then Welsh, English, Scottish. Um, I think there might have been, no, who, who else? Northern Irish. Mm. OK, so th- and they exhibition travelled to all of those places around the Irish Sea. So that's when I started working on sea subjects, yeah. Oh, and so um, what about yourself? Um, well, like when I've I've always looked to nature as a kind of starting point. It's mm-hmm. very hard to describe how one creates a work of art. Um, it's just kind of floating in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't try to depict the sea. I don't mm-hmm. um, do a literal interpretation of it in any way. But there's something about it that fascinates me. It's the movement and the the depth and the fact that it's always changing according to the light and it's, it never looks the same. It never is the same. Mm-hmm. And in a way, that's what music is. It's always moving. It's always changing. Um, so there's that kind of fluid aspect. Mm-hmm. But there's also the mystery of the sea and the fact that it's unpredictable. It can be furious and it can be absolutely like glass. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has those unpredictable elements, which I like to associate with music as well. Mm-hmm. And there's something about the uh, mystery of what's below the surface that you can't see mm-hmm. the depths. Um, you only see the surface, but you know that there's all kinds of things below the surface. And I like to think of my music as having a surface and having quite a lot of depth below the surface. In fact, the um, title of that piece, which had Gwen C. pictures, we talked about the title as well, and we threw back and forth some poetic um, phrases, and I ended up with Beneath the Dark Blue Waves. Uh, 
from a poem and yeah. and in a way yeah. it the poem I think it's Nathaniel Hawthorne actually it's an old poem <laughs> but um it talks about the fury of the waves and the peace at the bottom of the sea hmm. and that's that sort of layering is something important to my process of hmm. writing music you're the nodding I yeah. mean yeah, yeah I mean it's it's you're not um you know, depicting the sea, but you're depicting the experience you've had mm. and the emotional confrontation with the environment, whether it's the sea or, you know, a mountain or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that experience you bring back into the studio. And then for me, there's another emotional kind of content of the raw material of the paint. Hmm. So that combined with your your memory of your, you know, outside experience. And you combine the two to, you know, because, I mean, paint itself is very kind of raw and smelly. And, you know, it's um, it's interesting stuff. So there is an emotional kind of the way you put them together can can kind of create those emotions if you like in the person in in the painting. experiencing it in the painting yes and then again there's another layer where the person who's of course who comes yeah. and finds it but i don't see them mm. rarely because i mean i don't have an audience like jane mm. i'm my creation is on the wall but like i'm not there i'm not hanging on the wall you know so mm. it, for me to get a response that's delayed you know it's like a reaction because i never um you know, though it's a review or, or people talking about mm. an exhibition or whatever. So you get that feedback. And so then it must have been, you know, I'm just imagining, but then for somebody to have such a, um, act, like a response that you can actually go and listen to, again, if you wanted the recordings, or you, as you said, you sat there in Belfast taking in, here's your, here's the, this image that you created blown up and then here's an orchestra and then here's a, a, a musician. Yeah. It was great. Was it? Yeah. I mean, it was, actually. I was kind of, you know, struck by it. I didn't I didn't know what to expect, actually, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there was an audience there as well as an orchestra. So that was, you know, they were giving Jane standing ovation, you know. So <laughs> that's, you know, what the audience does. You get that immediate response, mm-hmm. you know. If it's good, uh, if exactly. they love it, they always do it anyway. Do they? Hopefully, <laughs> I don't think they always do a standing no, ovation. No, 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 no. I mean, no. people will clap politely at the end of anything, but yes, if to get them on their feet, yeah, these were standing up. Oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> they were because I stood up, but I didn't stand up for my own bow. Actually, I was too shy. Were you? <laughs> It's a very different yeah. experience yes. presenting I'm not, I'm not that music and presenting art. And I often think about that. Mm-hmm. And I think what a pity mm-hmm. that you have your art on display and you're not there to see what people say yeah. about it. Yeah. 
Sometimes you hide around a corner and <laughs> Is it on your mind when you're creating, this is a question for both of you, how will people respond? Is there something you're looking for? No. Not really. I mean, you know, you... Well... Mm. It's, a, it's a mix. I mean, you're trying to... I'm not working for other yeah. people, though. No. I'm following my own agenda. Of course. You know, and so I've never really followed kind of the trends that are out there anyway, because like, I, I don't. You know, no. I, don't, I wouldn't be able to. So I, I follow my own trend, basically. Mm-hmm. So no, when you, when you make the decision that a painting or a piece of work is finished, mm-hmm. then it's out there in the public. It's, you know, no longer you're in your domain and then you feed it to lines or whatever. It's so interesting, don't you think, um, that, that Gwen said, feed it to the lions. Yeah, I would agree with the whole art world thing. Yeah, I would agree with what you're saying about when it's done, it's finished and mm. you hand it over. And that's the same yeah. when I have you know, I know when I reach the end of a piece. I don't know how I know, but yeah. I, I, in myself, yeah. I say that's yeah. done. And that might take equally a long and, time, instinct. Oh, absolutely. Um, and you have to trust yourself. And that's a hard thing to learn, mm. trusting yourself as, yeah. a, as a creator. But it gets better you know? as absolutely. experience absolutely. will let you know and your own instinct will let you know, right, that's enough Yeah, that particular piece, you know. Stop. It, <laughs> yeah, stop or don't overdo it, it in fact yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to ask you about layering and about colour like we mentioned so um, when you're working um, like with trying to capture a movement this is with art you know with music um, what does colour mean to you in that? Colour is the first thing I think about really mm. in terms of music and the starting point for me in working on a piece is the instruments that I'm writing for. So if I'm writing for, say, a violin solo, I have a very different approach from if I'm writing for uh, an orchestra. And it depends on the kinds of instruments and the kinds of sounds they make. Mm -hmm. So when I talk about colour, I'm talking about the choice of, of instruments and how they play with each other. I like to have a contrast, say, um, between a harp and a violin. For example, if you're with the orchestra, I love percussion sounds filtering in with the string sounds, that kind of thing. But even when I'm writing for a solo instrument, for example, the piano, um, I'm thinking all the time about how can I make layers of colour and to do that, I need to use the pedals in a certain way. And I've studied and experimented a lot with the pedals. You were also plucking yeah, the piano. I, well, you beat me to it. Oh, <laughs> right. I found that fascinating. I've never seen it before. I, well, I was. I think I was probably the first person in Ireland to start sticking oh, right. my hands into the strings yeah. 40 years ago. And everybody was it's horrified. Huge, big piano. And there she is. Plucking and strumming <laughs> and the sound yeah. out of it. Okay, I just yeah. experiment, and yeah. but I like that contrast between the the normal kind of keyboard sound and the type of sound you can get from the strings with your fingers. And there's that contrast then and layering of maybe quieter sounds and sparkling 
plucked strings mm. all in the one instrument. And I find that absolutely fascinating to, to explore. I think if you you know if you pick two artists, any two artists, they ha- basically have the same language of creation, you know, mm-hmm. of of com- composition and structure and depth and color. And for obviously for the painter, the color is more significant with the real color tubes there, but the language is the same for you know creating a piece of work. You're, we're all trying to get, get that emotional uh, content, the depth the structure, you have to have a composition, you know, and unify all of those elements. Mm -hmm. And that's what the creation ends up being, a combination of all of those elements that you're, you innately kind of construct, Mm -hmm. you know. In your life with other artists, are you in conversation a lot? Um, No, Hmm. not really. No, no, no. Maybe no. I've given up on it. <laughs> uh, no, we all just work alone in our little studios and mm-hmm. never see anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> until, until, you know, we can kind of come out and... You're forced together by some podcast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, a day out. I mean, that's the good thing about collaboration, in fact, you know, because I go into another place to make... Um, uh, prints, large prints in the graphic studio here in Dublin. Mm-hmm. And so that's another form of collaboration. But to, you're, you know, working in somebody else's studio. Yeah, I I think that for a musician, it's a very different. While the act of creating the music is totally isolated on your own, mm-hmm. in your head. I have to have an empty house to myself mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I can't do it if there's anybody in the house like it's really weird but the apart from the act of creating we don't we don't know what it sounds like until we've collaborated with the performers oh yeah I I only write for people I don't write electronic music mm-hmm. because I actually love the process of of collaborating with the people who are going to make the sounds. Mm. And I don't know exactly what they're going to sound like oh, until yeah. I hear it. Mm. And I have to work with them to get um, the detail of mm. the sound, which can be very different with different players and different venues. And, you know, so for me, that rehearsal time when I'm working with performing musicians Mm -hmm. is the most valuable part of it. Mm -hmm. And I I love it even more than the actual public performance, Mm -hmm. which is the next stage when you have the audience to think about. There's a real generosity there, isn't there? Well, I think that writing and performing music is is a much more collaborative process Mm -hmm. now than it was when I started. And when I was a student, um, it was very much 
a, a separate world for the composer and for the performer. It was a rare event for somebody to do both, but we were taught to compose the music and um, come up with the final product without really any much contact. Although mm. I have to say, um, the thing I valued most of my my student days was the occasional um, workshop with performers where we could try things out. Mm. And now that's quite normal. It wasn't normal then. And the relationship between composers and performers who who bring the music to the public was very different. In fact, when I first arrived in Ireland, and that was 50 years ago this yeah. year, okay. um, I was more or less told by people in power that you couldn't be a composer and a performer. You had to be one or the other. Yeah. And I was quite horrified by that division because for me, um, it's all important and complementary and energizing um, the whole process of composing and of performing and of listening are totally interconnected. And so I'm happy that now it's quite different and it seems to be normal to have collaboration between performers and composers mm-hmm. and indeed audiences to get reactions there as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a triangle and, and happily it's a much more collaborative one these days. I wonder, uh, you know, we were kind of joking about being self-deprecating or saying, you know, you were you felt proud when you saw your work up there. But I, I would love to know from both of you, has there been particular moments in, in your um, artistic lives where you have felt not that you've achieved perfection, but you've felt like that's what I meant? You know? Mm. Well, I don't know. I mean, you come across that kind of thing. You can be surprised by your work sometimes. On an ongoing basis, can't you? Um, no, I'm no, I'm basically proud. I'm I'm still doing it. <laughs> I'm survived at doing it. I think one particular moment. You're proud you know, that you've survived. Yeah, being I'm, an I'm artist still, all these years, and I'm still animated by going into my studio. I mean, yeah. that's a very kind of lucky privilege. And and you're nodding, Jane. Is that resonating with you? <laughs> the surprise element is interesting. Um, I know I'm always surprised when I get to the end of a piece and I look at it and I go, oh, did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah. Yeah. And when I hear a piece of mine performed, I'm always like, oh, did I write that? I'm always amazed because once once it's finished, you're kind of outside of it. Whereas Mm -hmm. when you're working on it, it's very intense and it's almost alive. It's like you're handling fire or something. It's just forcing you through to to finish mm. what you've begun, mm. and you 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 don't really know what drives you. You don't really know why you make these decisions. Why you say, "I like this. I don't like that. I'm keeping this. I'm not keeping that." Mm. But when it's finished, it's it's somebody else's, and it's a completely different relationship. And I've had really interesting experience over the last. Um, maybe five five years mm. where I've had a huge number of performances of earlier works. Mm. And it's been fascinating because my immediate response, um, people would write and say, um, I'm performing such a piece. And I'd say, but that's 30 years old. 
how how can you be wanting to play that? And I'm full of doubts and saying it, it couldn't be any good because I haven't looked at it for a very long time. And then I hear the recording and I go, oh, it's it's actually lovely. Right. Oh. <laughs> you know? Because you always think your latest work is the best. Correct. You know, I, I think so. so. Yeah. You know, and you and feel you're, what I'm doing now. So. You feel you're progressing or yeah. developing and you yeah. are. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that your earlier works yeah. are no good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting close to the end now, but um, I'd love to ask you both um, areas that you're still curious about, things that are kind of really, you know, buzzing away inside that you think might emerge through your creative practices. Well, the thing I'm most curious about is how I'm going to start the next piece that I'm to write. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because uh, I'm I'm just um, finishing up doing orchestral parts and a few other pieces. And I'm contemplating writing a piece for piano duet, which is um, something I've never written for. I've written lots of solo piano music, but... Um, some musicians in Chicago have asked me to write for them who I've met through performances. And I'm very curious to see how I'm going to approach it. Again, every piece I start is I totally open mind. I don't come with any preconceived notions. Right. So I'm curious in the sense of what would come into my head as I start working with these sounds and playing with them, basically. I'm curious about other people's work a lot. You oh, know? yeah. yeah. Um, and particularly younger mm. artists now and mm. you know, how brave they can be. Um, because, you know, I would be kind of more of a traditional mm-hmm. uh, artist working on canvas and oil, whereas younger people now are working on, you know, much bigger things. Is there someone in particular? Oh, no. I mean, if you if you walk into any gallery... You'll see it. No, I'm, I, you know, I wouldn't mention. But um, no, it's the method of work. Mm-hmm. Their method of making art is so different to mine. Yeah, basically. the same. The so, same in music. Very, yeah. very different. I find it quite hard to uh, empathize with a lot of the work that younger composers are doing. But like you, I'm fascinated and and looking oh, at yeah. it from a distance. How I, did they I'm, end up with this? I mean, I'm in I, a different place, yeah. and that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I find it terribly interesting and curious. You know, um, mm. oh, that's lovely. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Okay, folks. Okay, are we done? that's it. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate it. Really, now that was yeah, cool. You. And that is our episode. Please stay tuned to the Arts Council website and social media channels where we'll be announcing our next guests. If you like the episode, please like it, rate it and subscribe to the series and definitely share with others because doing that really helps us to spread the word and for others to listen to these conversations. My thanks to the artists who joined us this week, to our audio engineer, Dean Jones, at Scimitar Sound. This series is produced by Milestone Inventive and Big O on behalf of the Arts Council of Ireland. See you again in a couple of weeks.